Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video, we're going to be going in depth into my week number four wide receiver start or sit decisions. We're going to be talking about every single game from Thursday night football all the way up until Monday night football to tell you whether I believe you should start or sit the wide receivers in all of those games. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. While you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure to leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter. Please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you want to check out my weekly rankings, as well as get an answer to any of the questions you guys may have, check out the Patreon link in the video description for $7.50 a month. So without further ado, let's get into my week number four start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with Thursday Night Football, the Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers, and it does appear that in this matchup, Christian Watson is going to make his season debut. Now, Watson has been dealing with a hamstring injury all season, but he says he is planning on playing this week. Now, again, can you always take a player's word for things to be 100% factual? No, right? It is not a mortal lock of the century that Christian Watson does end up playing. But I do believe that if Christian Watson wasn't to be playing this week, the team probably would have put him on the IR, right? He didn't play week one, didn't play week two, didn't play week three. And if he doesn't play in week four, they could have just put him on the IR. So in my opinion, I do believe Christian Watson is going to be suiting up on Thursday Night Football up against a pretty so-so Detroit Lions defense. If Christian Watson gets the nod to play, I think he could hop into the top 12 wide receivers on the week. Now, with Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed, they're both pretty up and down weekly. If Watson plays then both of these guys are going to be on the bench for me. Now, is it possible that with Christian Watson in the starting lineup that Romeo Dobbs or Jaden Reed flash up against a not-so-hot Lions defense? It is definitely possible, but if Watson's in there, he's going to be the guy seeing a majority of targets. If, for some reason, my hypothesis was wrong and Watson ends up missing, then I would lean with Reed as a start. I do think Jaden Reed is more talented than Romeo Dobbs, but him and Dobbs are very close, and you could almost flip a coin in starting either of them. But again, if Watson plays, I'm starting Watson and leaving both Dobbs and Jaden Reed on the bench. Amon Ross St. Brown is a must-start wide receiver every single week. He had 102 yards in back-to-back -back games. Now, this matchup up against the Packers is far from a pushover, right? The Packers do have a solid defense, but there is no way in hell you are going to be sitting down Amon Ross St. Brown in any given matchup. Josh Reynolds was a guy that I thought was a sneaky start last week, right? In deeper leagues, I thought you could start Josh Reynolds, but it turned out Josh Reynolds didn't log a single fucking target in week three up against the Atlanta Falcons. Khalif Raymond was the number two target last week, but he should fall back down to earth up against the Packers. And I think Josh Reynolds reclaims his spot on the offense as the wide receiver number two. Moving now to the beginning of the Sunday slate with the London game, the Atlanta Falcons at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, in the running back start sit video from earlier today, I talked ad nauseum about the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars right now are in danger. The Jacksonville Jaguars in the first half against the Colts in week one looked downright unstoppable. It looked incredible. It was like, all right, I was right about the Jaguars. I was really high on the Jaguars. And then in the second half, they looked bad. The second game against the Chiefs, they looked bad. Last week, the Jaguars look bad. This has to be a bounce back spot 
for the team. I get it's in London. I get that anything could happen in London. There's a lot of crazy games in London, but this is the week for the Jags to bounce back. They need to bounce back. Now, Calvin Ridley was on fire, super hot fire in week number one. But Ridley and the whole Jags have really cooled down week two, week three. I do expect a bounce back soon, though, for Calvin Ridley. I still believe he is one of the best receivers in the NFL, and he is clearly the best wide receiver on this roster. Christian Kirk is also a start. Even in the downward swing of this Jaguars offense over the last two weeks, Christian Kirk has kind of been immune to it. He's been performing Quite well, honestly. So Christian Kirk is a start a start here up against the Falcons. I think this game might end up being lower scoring though, but hopefully Ridley and Kirk see enough targets to be start worthy. Zay Jones is still day to day with a knee injury. If he misses, we should see his brother, Tim Jones. I don't think they're actually related being the wide receiver three. They also have Jamal Agnew for the Falcons. Drizzy Drake, London. You have to pray to the football gods above that he sees some targets to be successful because this Atlanta Falcons offense from week to week is basically impossible to figure out how much they are going to be throwing the ball. They got absolutely fucking spit roasted last week by the Detroit Lions and they weren't even throwing the ball at a really high rate. Desmond Ritter simply isn't it. Now up against garbage opponents, could the Falcons win 100%, right? games where the Falcons get up early and they can continue to run, run, run the rock gently down the stream. Desmond Ritter is fine in those scenarios, but when you fall behind, when you start getting the ever-living shit beaten out of you, Desmond Ritter is not that guy, and Drake London struggles mightily because of it. I love Drake London. I think he's an immensely talented player, but outside of week number two, this guy has not done anything. Mac Hollins, I think he's a talented player, but if you can't start London, you're definitely not starting Mac Hollins or Kaderil Hodge. Moving now to the most exciting game, in my opinion, on Sunday for week number four, the Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills, a heavyweight matchup pay-per-view event. You've been wait this is what you've all been waiting for. The main event of the evening. The Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. Now, as a Dolphins fan, this game has me bricked up. I am excited to hopefully run train on the Buffalo Bills. But as a actual trying to give some actual analysis, this game will probably be a nail biter. I'll probably be sitting on my couch fucking shaking, screaming at the television, watching this one. Tyreek Hill is a must start. He's currently the wide receiver two on the season. I know that Buffalo Bills defense looked really strong up against the left hands up. Who are we? The commanders. And they have definitely stood tall over the start of the season. I think the Bills defense is really solid. But again, are you ever going to galaxy brain yourself out of starting Tyreek Hill? Even in a game in week two versus the Patriots where Tyreek Hill was quote-unquote shut down, he still scored a touchdown, still had a pretty decent game. So Tyreek Hill obviously must start. Jalen Waddle is nearing return from a concussion. Assuming he plays, you obviously have to start him. I think this is going to be a close game. This one does have the makings to be a rock'em, sock'em, high-scoring affair. Even if the Dolphins' defense has really turned another leaf, the Bills' defense, same thing goes with them. This could be a battle of the ages. 
changes. So I'm definitely starting Jayla Waddle with supreme confidence, again, assuming he is able to go from the concussion. Stefan Diggs, currently the wide receiver seven on the season in PPR, just like Tyreek Hill. You're starting him every single week. I think Xavier Howard, hopefully as a Dolphins fan, I hope Xavier Howard locks him up. Don't let me out. You know, throw away the key, lock Stefan Diggs up. But as a Dolphins fan who has watched these matchups over the years, Normally, Stefan Diggs goes nine inches deep into the Dolphins' defense, so I expect a solid game out of Stefan Diggs. For the other Dolphins, guys like River Craycraft and Braxton Berrios, they're all guys that will mix in as like the third option for the Dolphins. Maybe we even see Chosen Anderson, the Chosen One, again. But I think if Waddle plays, we won't see Robbie Chosen, but... There's a couple of guys that mix in as the wide receiver three. Maybe this really is that high-scoring tit-for-tat game and Berrios gets in the end zone. But again, you would have to be smoking some ayahuasca. I don't even know if you smoke that. Just doing some ayahuasca Aaron Rodgers style in a darkness retreat to talk yourself into starting Braxton Berrios. Gabe Davis is a very unreliable player, but in more ideal matchups, I would start him. If you think this is really going to be that Rock'em Sock'em Robots affair, then maybe you want to play Gabe Davis. He is very risky, very low floor, but very high ceiling. It could end up happening where Gabe Davis is a top five receiver this week, but I'm going to leave him on the bench. Deontay Hardy is just like Berrios. He's one of the few guys that mixes in as the third option for the Buffalo Bills, but with how much they use the tight end in Dawson Knox one time, if you're with me, as well as Dalton Kincaid, Deontay Hardy is best left on your bench, and they also throw the ball a lot to James Hook. Next up, we move to the Denver Broncos at the Chicago Bears. Now, I made the same joke in the running back video, but we are going from a battle of the Titans. Dolphins, Bills, potential AFC championship teams. Two of the best teams in the AFC up there with the Chiefs. And then you go to the battle of mid, the battle of the basement, like your Ron Stewart, Denver Broncos at the Chicago, Chicago Bears. The Bears are so fucking bad. I was such a big wiki wiki DJ Moore truther, a big Justin Fields truther. It was so clear to me that at the end of last season, they figured it out. Eberflus figured out what to do. We just need to let Justin Fields cook, let him run out of the pocket, do what he needs to do. And in preseason and training camp, there's so many reports given the gawk gawk 9,000 to DJ Moore in preseason. He takes a screen to the crib. It's like, holy shit. What a sharp I am talking about DJ Moore all offseason. He finally gets a good quarterback. Finally, DJ Moore has been freed from garbage quarterback play like in Carolina. But maybe DJ Moore is just cursed because Justin Fields looks like shit. It's just like the Godfather. Remember? Look how they massacred my boy. This offense is so bad that I can't even start DJ Moore up against the Broncos, who just got bent over a table by the Dolphins. Darnell, here comes the Mooney, would be the number two option. But again, if I don't feel confident in starting DJ Moore, who I really like, there is no way in hell I am starting Darnell Mooney or Chase Claypool. For the Broncos, I will lean with Cortland Sutton as a start. This Bears defense is a absolute disaster. Outside of the two fumbles, which obviously are very severe, fact that he fumbled the ball can't be doing that against the bears but there's no one on the bears that'll even make him fumble so he'll be fine he looked good 11 targets eight receptions 91 yards and a touchdown so i'm starting Cortland sutton you could make the argument to start jerry judy but he's been out targeted by sutton in both games he played remember jerry judy missed week one week two week three out 
targeted by Cortland Sutton. Even in this wet dream of a matchup, even in a matchup that will have you fucking salivating, drooling, looking at that garbage-ass Chicago Bears defense, I only feel confident in Sutton. Now, Marvin Mims has been balling out of control. Back-to-back games, Michael Jordan 96-97 inside of the top 24. But Sean Payton is such a fucking gavone that he refuses to give Marvin Mims more snaps. And until further notice, even with Russell Wilson actually looking pretty good this season, maybe Sean Payton fixed him a little bit. They need to give Marvin Mims some more snaps for me to feel confident in starting him. Next up, we move to the Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns. Zay Flowers has had 10 targets in two of the first three games of his NFL career and is the clear wide receiver number one in Baltimore. You know that even with Odell potentially healthy and Rashad Master Bateman, Zay Flowers is clearly the number one guy. Nelson Aguilar continues to see targets, but you are never going to start Nelson Aguilar. Throw back to that old school video when Nelson Aguilar was on the Eagles and this guy bought a baby out of a burning house, saved the baby's life. It's this very beautiful news story. They interview the guy and the guy says, you want to know who wouldn't have caught that baby? Nelson fucking Aguilar because that guy stinks. So don't trust Nelson Aguilar. He's pulling the wool over our eyes. Sit him up against a stuff, bre- uh, not a stuff, not like fucking double stuff like the Orioles, a tough, a tough Cleveland Browns defense. Rashad Master Bateman is dealing with hamstring tightness, and I am dealing with immense sadness because while Rashad Bateman was virtually free in fantasy football drafts, he was going so late in the drafts, I thought that Rashad Bateman was the clear number one. He has looked so good in the past when he's healthy, but he just can't get out of his own way. He's always banged up, hasn't looked himself, so Rashad Master Bateman is a sit again. Zay Flowers, even up against a tough Browns defense, I think he could get it done in a big way in this game. I think this Ravens offense is on the path to greatness. They are going to continue to get better and better as the season prolongs. Hopefully, though... This team stops getting hurt because it seems like every other week, another player on the Ravens is getting hurt. Knock on wood. Amari Cooper has had back-to-back solid performances. He is close to being a must-start wide receiver option. The Ravens' defense definitely is not a pushover, but I also don't think they have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Deshaun Watson bounced back in a big way in week number two up against the Steelers. It looked like the man was seeing ghosts. It looked like he had no idea what he was doing, running behind the offensive line like a chicken with his head cut off like the headless goddamn horseman. But in week number three, He had a much better performance. I think he will look good up against the Browns, and it is finally time to feel comfortable with Amari Cooper. Week one wasn't the best. Week two was kind of eh, but week three, he really stepped up. I think it's officially time to be more confident in Amari Cooper. Elijah Moore has had nine targets in the last two games. Both of those games, he had nine plus nine. That's 18 Feels like he is on the brink of being start-worthy very, very soon. If Deshaun Watson starts to, th- to show some consistency in his game, then Elijah Moore, a guy who I talked up pretty heavily in the offseason, could end up being a start-worthy option very, very soon. And then DPJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones, with the emergence of Elijah Moore, DPJ's value is at an all-time low, like the John Bellion song. Next up, we got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Atlanta Dons. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button down below. Whether you are new to the channel or not, you can always hit that like button. Leave a comment if you got any questions. So, Bengals at 
Titans. Now, I was someone that was worried about Jamar Chase last week, as well as T. Higgins, because it really seemed like Joe Shiesty, Joe, Joe Burrow wasn't going to play. And we're going to have to have Minnesota Vikings legend Jake Brown, Browning under center. And that just didn't sound good, but Jamar Chase played and played phenomenal. So anyone that was worried about Chase, oh, week one, week two, Nick, did I draft a bust? Is Jamar Chase a bust? Oh my God. Oh my God. Should I trade Jamar Chase for a half-eaten bag of potato chips and a used condom, Nick? I'm panicking. Uh, hopefully you didn't panic and hopefully you didn't trade him for a half-eaten bag of potato chips because you should be feeling real good right now. He got a gazillion targets, targets out the wazoo last week up against the LA Rams on Monday Night Football, and this week up against a garbage, bottom of the barrel, Titans pass defense, great against the run, bad against the pass, this should be another big Jamar Chase game, so he's back on the saddle, yeehaw, like his name was Arthur Morgan or John Marston, teehee, Higgins missed part of the game on Monday Night Football, but it shouldn't affect his availability this game, amazing matchup you should be starting him. Tyler Boyd is a sit for me. He's a good receiver. He really is. If he was on a lot of other teams, he would be seeing a whole lot more targets. But when you have Higgins and Chase ahead of him, with them both being healthy, it's pretty hard to start Tyler. Yeah, Boyd. And hopefully that game that we saw the Rams is building a better bridge ahead for this Bengals offense because... I wouldn't say the Bengals offense looked phenomenal. I wouldn't say Joe Burrow even looked all that back. But again, the Titans defense is so dog shit against the pass. You're obviously starting Jamar Chase and T. Higgins with confidence. And this should be a strong game for Burrow. But it was very evident, at least in the first half of the game, that something is up with Burrow. Obviously, he's dealing with that injury. Maybe the injury is influencing his mental processing, like he's nervous about his leg, getting fucking rocked by Aaron Donald, getting chewed his kneecap like Dan Campbell style, and he's panicking. Maybe that was it, but I hope there's better days ahead for Joe Shiesty. Uh, for the Titans, DeAndre Hopkins continues to look good on the field, but he's fallen outside of top 60 receivers in back-to-back -back games, and with this Titans offense looking kind of inept, it is hard to start Hopkins. I think once Ryan Tannehill and this offense figured out, typically the Titans get way better later on in the season when Derrick Henry starts running really hard. When it gets cold, he can't tackle Derrick fucking Henry, track Lurcido. The offense figures it out. So I'm not cutting DeAndre Hopkins yet, but I'm definitely leaving him on my bench against the Bengals that had a really strong defensive performance. Traylon Burks is a wide receiver too in a bad offense. If this offense figures things out, maybe Burks will be start worthy later on in the season. But right now... You don't really want to start a wide receiver two in a bad offense unless they're going to get a lot of volume, which Burks just doesn't. And then Nick Westbrook, Ekain e is kind of the receiver three on the team. They use other players as well. Wasn't targeted a single time last week, so he is best left on the bench right in the pine. Next up, we move to the LA Rams at the Indianapolis Colts. But before we break down this game in depth at the wide receiver position, as well as all the rest of the games until Monday night football, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play the pick'em for the NFL in the whole entire universe. And Underdog has a great offer for you guys to today that I'm going to speak about in just a couple of seconds. First, I want you guys to understand how Underdog Pick'em works. For instance, we're going to be talking here about 
about the Sunday London game. I believe that Bijan Robinson's going to bounce back after a poor performance last week, getting higher than 92 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. And I also believe that Trevor Lawrence is going to have a much better game than he's had over the last two weeks of the season. So higher than 241 and a half passing yards. The max bet on this is $1,000. For instance, if we put in $5 here and both picks hit, we would get three times our entry fee. If we want to do three picks, we get six times. Four picks are 10 times and five picks are 20 times your entry fee. If you are new to underdog fantasy and live in one of the states that are on your screen right now, you can actually get a first match deposit bonus of up to $500. So if you deposit $500, they'll give you an additional $500. If you do $200, additional $200, $100, and additional $100, the minimum deposit on underdog fantasy is $10. So again, if you are new, make sure you use promo code Notorious or click on the link in the video description for a first match deposit bonus up to $500. And if you have a gambling problem, make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things, Puka Nakua up against the Indianapolis Colts Rams at Colts. He had a down bad week number three, but you should not panic. I get Picked him up off the waiver wire. Maybe you drafted him in the last round because you're a fucking genius. You're Albert Einstein. He had one down game. Don't panic. He's still the number one option on the LA Rams until Cooper Cup returns maybe next week or in the future. Who knows? But Puka is still that guy. He will bounce back against the Colts. Don't panic yet. 2-2 at well. Currently the wide receiver 14 on the season. Eight or more targets in each game. He could have had two touchdowns last week, but they called it back. He fucking jumped like Michael Jordan in Space Jam when he has the super arm like uh, Mrs. Incredible. You know, she could just stretch her arm. That's what Michael Jordan did. I don't know how he didn't score there. I still don't really get that ruling, but it is what it is. 2-2 Atwell has looked good. This Colts defense looks pretty decent, so I wouldn't say like Atwell's going to run a train here and finish as like the wide receiver five, but Puka and Atwell could easily both finish inside the top 18. Puka maybe wide receiver 10. Atwell wide receiver 18 wouldn't be all that crazy at the end of the week. Michael Pittman Jr. has had 11 or more targets in every single game this season. Uber consistent every single game the definition of consistency even if he isn't a lock to finish top 12 you know he's gonna finish inside the top 32 and you know he's probably getting nine or more targets he's got 11 or more targets in every game so on a down game he's getting eight or nine targets and you can't bench someone that is seeing that amount of volume plus Anthony Richardson should be back, which will be more positive for the Colts offense. Again, Gardner Minshew didn't look bad, but he did play Dan Orlovsky in that game. Speaking of Dan Orlovsky, listening to that guy announce a football game might have been enough to make me hang myself from the fucking ceiling. Obviously not. It's a joke. But man, oh man, listen to him on ESPN or whatever show he's on. It's fine, right? It's just for a little bit. Listening to him for three straight hours. I would have rather listened to fucking nails on the cross. Uh, not the cross. Nail on the chalkboard. Nails on the chalkboard. Van Jefferson. And you know what? I kind of thought of that noise and it made me like cringe a little bit when I was a kid. That used to piss me off uh, when like they would go on the um, chalkboard and like write. It would like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just fucking crazy or something. But that noise would like fuck with me. It would, like... Just thinking about it makes me scared. Not scared, but it just pisses me off. Like, just thinking about the noise. So, sorry about that. That has nothing to do with anything. Van Jefferson, 
Huku and Tutu have fully cucked Van Jefferson. I thought Jefferson would be the number one receiver. He's just not. It's been very evident the whole season. So don't start Jefferson. Josh Downs of the Indianapolis Colts. Keeps getting a lot of targets. So soon enough, he might be a weekly start. But up against the Rams defense, I think they bounce back. I'm leaving Downs on the bench. Alec Pierce is clearly the third fiddle behind Downs and Pittman. So he is best left on the bench. And Van Jefferson was rocking two chains in that game, which was very funny. It's like you're the number three receiver behind fucking Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua. Leave the swag at home, pal. Looking like Jared from from silicon valley next up we move to the tampa bay buccaneers at the new orleans saints a revenge game for famous Jameis. eat a w winston chris olave is a top 12 receiver right now in the season must start weekly even with Jameis under center maybe Jameis could actually fucking hit him in the end zone maybe Jameis can hit him on some of these deep balls where olave is wide open and then Derek carr just misses him so Hopefully, Chris Olave has a big game this week up against a Bucks defense that just got spit-roasted by the Philadelphia Eagles. Michael Thomas hasn't been amazing this season, but has been start-worthy. It feels like if Jameis Winston plays pretty good, like I think he will, Michael Thomas has the upside to go crazy. Now, you know, the Saints guys, they're kind of interesting, right? Jameis revenge game. But the most interesting part about this game, we brought up a heavyweight fight between the Dolphins and the Bills. We got a real fight here. Mike Evans versus Marshawn Lattimore, like fucking PETA from Family Guy versus the Chicken. Wide receiver five on the season for Mike Evans. But I'm kind of worried that him and Lattimore are going to get in a tussle. It seems like every single time Evans gets locked down by Lattimore or they start having a UFC fight, they whip out the octagon, put it up on the Saints logo at McF Matt at midfield at midfield and go toe to toe uh so i'm lowering him in the rankings because i'm worried that he's gonna either get locked up or get locked up for fighting either way so uh hopefully mike evans can overcome this still starting him just not as confident chris godwin has yet to have a good fantasy day he continues to look good on the field but it just doesn't equal a solid fantasy day if he doesn't perform this week though coming out the bye they got a bye in week five week six is their next game we may be sitting Godwin. Uh, Trey Palmer does appear to be the number three on the team. Kind of an interesting guy for maybe the future. Both Evans and Godwin on the team. You're never really starting Trey Palmer. And then I'm Shahid. Rashid Shahid has huge weekly upside, right? In this game, he could score 20 points. Get two catches for 90 yards and two touchdowns. Wouldn't be that surprising. But he might also score a grand total of zero points, right? He's a very low floor high ceiling type of guy moving next to the left hands up who are we the commanders at the philadelphia eagles an nfc beast an nfc east rivalry game aj brown Devontae smith for the eagles you are starting them every single week and twice on sunday Devontae smith had two great weeks in a row and then a down week number three should bounce back against the commander's defense that got eviscerated by josh allen and friends aj brown finally has a big game i know a lot of people are starting to panic on aj brown they were starting to shiver a little bit thinking about having to start aj brown but ultimately he has a big game on monday night football against tampa we all know we all know he's boomer bust weekly but when he has that boom he's booming in a big way shout out to antonio brown business is Boomin, Terry McLaurin has been below ideal this season, if I'm being honest with you. The Eagles defense looked better in week three. He's a bottom of the barrel start this week, right? Like, if you are clawing, 
for a start, you can play McLaurin, but he's closer to like wide receiver 34 than he is wide receiver 24. Jahan Dotson's a guy that I was so excited about, man. He was looking so good at the end of last season. He was having these big performances. It was like, holy shit. He's doing this with Heineke. Like, he's going to be able to do it with Sam Howell. He's going to be able to do it with a legitimate offensive coordinator in Eric Bieniemy. But Jahan Dotson has been silent like the night when Santa Claus comes. He isn't commanding enough targets to be start-worthy at this point. And I'm pretty close to just, if I'm being honest with you, dropping him if he doesn't perform against the Eagles in more shallow leagues. Curtis Samuel, sooner rather than later, we're going to see this guy get like a 30-point performance. He does it once or twice a year. He pulls a rabbit out of the hat, and Curtis Samuel has a huge game. Then everyone's like, oh my god, I, 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 I think uh, Curtis Samuel's back. Uh, let me add him. And then he scores like four fucking points the next game. You never know when it's coming. So while it is interesting, Curtis Samuel's a fun player to watch. And even though he's getting older, he still looks good. I just am going to be honest with you. I'm not starting the number three receiver on the commanders if I'm not even confident enough in starting the number two. Olamide Zacchaeus, huge game in week three. But that's going to be a dime a dozen, an uncommon experience. We've seen it in the past with the Eagles. They had another receiver last year whose name is escaping me. But he would have a big game. And then he's silent, doesn't do anything. And then he has another big game like six weeks later, right? Olamide Zacchaeus is the exact same thing. It's like Rashid Shahid just randomly shows up having a huge game. Then everyone's like, ooh, ooh, should we, we, we add Olamide Zacchaeus? Should we add Rashid Shahid? And then they're just... Don't do anything for the next couple of games. Next up, we move to the Minnesota Vikings at the Carolina Panthers. Another battle of mid, just like the Bears versus the Broncos. But at least in this one, we should be seeing some points, right? Bears versus the Broncos. Maybe the Broncos just lay a pipe for that ass like they're a plumber, Mario, or Luigi. But the Vikings versus the Panthers should actually be a fun game. Kirk Cousins, you like that, has been playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. The problem is that the Vikings defense under defensive guru Brian Flores is a spitting image of a dumpster fire. Again, while I like to shit on Brian Flores for what he did to my boy Tua Tungavailoa, ultimately, Flores wasn't going to fix this in three weeks, right? It's going to take maybe even more than a season to actually figure it out. I think he's a good defensive coordinator, so I don't mean to like shit all over him, but this Vikings defense is bad. Panthers defense is banged up. They're pretty bad as well. So this could be a higher scoring game. Justin Jefferson has been a top eight receiver every single week. Wide receiver three on the season. Vikings might be a disaster. They're 0 and 3, but this offense is humming. Jordan Addison Ray, I want a bad bitch. Jordan Addison Ray uh, didn't score last week for the first time in forever. Uh, scored in the first two games, didn't score last week, but he had his highest amount of targets. Against the Panthers' defense, he is definitely a high upside start. Adam Thielen. Adam fucking Thielen. Revenge game in the year 2023. Adam Thielen rises from a coffin like his name was The Undertaker. And he's coming for blood against the Vikings. I don't think there's any ill will between Thielen and the Vikings. I got the top of my head. I never saw Thielen, like, going at the Vikings or some shit, but... This is a revenge game. Back-to-back -back games inside the top 16. Uh, whether Bryce Young is back or it's the Ginger Ninja, the Red Rifle Andy Dalton, I'm firing up Adam Thielen. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm confident in it, and that kind of scares me. Right? The fact that I'm confident in Adam Thielen in the Lord's year of 2023, that's a little bit scary. 
little bit scary. Uh, in terms of the sits, KJ Osborne is on the bench. I know he has scored in back-to-back games, but this man has fucking bricks, stone for hands. Just not the best player, but he'll probably score again because I said that. DJ Chark, do, 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 baby Chark of the Carolina Panthers had 11 targets last week. If this keeps up, then maybe him and Thielen are going to end up as weekly starters on a not hot, like, Panthers team. The Panthers are going to be 0-4 after this game, probably. Unless they somehow win. And the Vikings need to blow it all up, right? 0-4. Sheesh. But uh, we kind of knew this was going to happen, right? They won so many one-score games last year. And then this year, they just lose every game by one score. So the kind of karma bites them in the ass. Karma is not their boyfriend, like... Taylor Swift sings that song. I shouldn't have brought up Taylor Swift, though, because I can't stand how much they're talking about Taylor Swift and the Chiefs. So fucking stupid. 11 targets, though, last week for Chark. You heard that right. 11 targets. I was shocked when I read it. This keeps up. Again, him, him and Thielen really could be weekly starters, but he only turned those into four catches for 86 yards and a touchdown. He was the wide receiver 15, though, against Seattle. Maybe I was right about DJ Chark and Adam Thielen, right? I talked both of those guys up in the offseason. Jonathan Mingo! Porn star name. Could be good at some point this season, right? It's his rookie year, but due to Chark and Thielen being above him, you definitely aren't starting the number three receiver on the Carolina Panthers. Next up, we move to the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Houston Texans. The Texans defense, sneaky good. The Steelers defense is just good. No sneak about it. Not like fucking NCL from Assassin's Creed. We all know. Steelers have a great defense. Pickens is high upside. Very high upside. But without Deontay Johnson, you kind of just have to start him. Uh, Kenny Pickett looks good against the Raiders. Will he be able to do that against the Texans defense? Though, again, the Raiders might have the worst defense in the NFL besides the Bears. So, uh, let's see how Pickens does here. Pickens was just kind of eh last week. See how Pickett performs as well. I'm going to start Pickens because, again, Deontay Johnson isn't there. And I'm probably going to end up having him ranked as, like, a top 24-ish receiver. But am I very confident in him game in and game out? No. I'm not. I'm definitely more confident in Nico Cousin. Let's go bowling. Nico Collins of the Texans. I know. Nick, oh, my God. I, I finally started him last week in week three. And, oh, my God. He played so bad. I'm not panicking. One down game doesn't make me shiver doesn't make me panic again this is a tough matchup so i don't necessarily think this is gonna be like a top 12 game or something but he should be fine and cj stroud has been cooking like a five-star michelin chef cooking like gordon fucking ramsey tank dell the computer man himself has had two games in a row looking real good i think he cools down against the steelers but i would still start him due to his high upside the guy is fast as fuck like the flash Currently, the wide receiver 13 on the season. We're just not sitting that again. We talk about this a lot in fantasy football. I talked about in the running back video. Raheem Mostert is on fire. He's on fire. You don't sit a guy that's on fire. Devin A-Chain is on fire. You don't sit a guy that's on fire. Unless they're facing like the fucking 85 Bears. So again, Nick, I know you, 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 you like the Steelers defense. I do, but I'm still starting Tank Dell. Allen Robinson appears to be the number two receiver on the Steelers, but you could argue that's even uh, Calvin Austin. Another one of those guys, Calvin Austin, is like, just like a couple guys we've talked about in today's video, right? Olamide Zacchaeus or Rashid Shahid. These fast motherfuckers that might just find a way into the end zone, but they're going to get like two targets, two receptions, 100 yards, and a touchdown somehow, but you never know when to start them. Allen Robinson, again, is the number two receiver, but even without Deontay Johnson, 
Again, I think this Texans defense is good enough to kind of subdue him. Roberto Woods is kind of now kind of falling off, right? Tank looks good. Eco looks good. You can't really start Woods, especially in a tougher matchup. Moving next to the Las Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Chargers. Devontae Adams appears to be sick and tired of this Raiders organization. He's like, God damn it, I miss my man Aaron Rodgers, but he can't even get traded to the Jets because Rodgers tore his Achilles, sadly. He seems pissed that this team can't win. But uh, they might not have Jimmy Garoppolo. They might have bald man, Mr. Clean, Brian Hoyer under center. But I'm still starting Adams. He had 20 targets last week. You want to know who else had 20 targets last week? Keenan Allen, who we're going to talk about in a second. Devontae Adams had 172 yards and two touchdowns, right? Devontae Adams fucking whipped his dick out and slapped the Pittsburgh Steelers in the face with it. Like, it was just so impressive. Devontae Adams looked great. I talked about it all offseason. I think Devontae Adams is still one of the best receivers in the NFL. There were people in the comments with their Twitter fingers. Nick, oh my God, how are you going to draft Adams so high when Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback? Guess what, pal? You don't fucking need Aaron Rodgers when you got Devontae Adams, right? You don't need Rodgers to be successful for Adams, right? Adams is going to be fine without Rodgers. But uh, the Raiders need a real quarterback for Adams to be happy. Jacoby Myers has been highly targeted in both games. Week one, obviously dominant against the uh Broncos, week two, misses with concussion, bounces back week three against the Steelers as he's active. He's been productive. You're definitely starting him up against a fraudulent Chargers defense. Keenan Allen, number one receiver in back-to-back week, something light. Man had, like I said, 20 targets last week, 200 yards and a touchdown. Now they don't even have Mike Williams. So Keenan Allen might get 25 targets this week. Obviously, that's a joke, but he could literally get 15 targets again. That would not be surprising. So, yeah, I'm definitely firing up Allen with supreme confidence, especially up against a defense that I'd wipe my ass with the Raiders. Uh, Joshua Palmer is a start. It feels disgusting because, right, without Mike Williams, as a fan of football, and as a, if you were a Chargers fan, you're probably clamoring for Quentin Johnson, right? First-round NFL draft pick. Super awesome college tape, right? Gets you wrecked when you, you watch it. But... We know Brandon Staley's a stooge. He's a bit of a bozo. And Palmer has been dominating when Mike Williams was out and Keenan Allen was in in the past. So Palmer, I'm starting him against the, the Raiders. Uh, Hunter Renfro of the Raiders is doing his best John Cena impression because you can't see him. Hasn't done anything. Quentin Johnston, hopefully he gets more snaps. Hopefully he gets more targets. And he can start him next week, but I'm just not confident in it based upon what I've seen about Staley in the past end this season. Moving next to the New England Patriots at the Dallas Cowboys, a Ezekiel Elliott revenge games, lots of revenge come in and revenge is a dish best served cold or is it hot? I don't know, but uh, Patriots against the Cowboys, CeeDee Lamb's a start, but it's probably going to be a down day for him. He hasn't really had a great day yet. That's not great, um, but I still think he's a great receiver. I still think the Cowboys will figure it out. But that fat fuck Mike McCarthy needs to stop thinking during the games what he's going to DoorDash to his house after the game. Start worrying about calling some plays that actually work because that was bad against the Cardinals. Uh, so Lamb is probably going to get subdued slightly in this game, right? Typically what happens against Bill Belichick and the Patriots, the number one option gets locked up, but you're still starting Lamb. Uh, Kendrick Bourne for the Patriots was super hot fire in week one, but calmed down over the last two weeks. I know the Cowboys defense is on fraud watch. Fraud alert. Wee woo, wee woo. Um, 
Even so, do, do we think Mac Jones is going to be cooking here? No. Kendrick Bourne's a sit. Juju, Corvette, Corvette. That guy sucks, right? I write some notes on some of the players, right, where it's like, Kendrick Bourne, I wrote, hot week one, right? So, they, so that we can remember. We can call back to week one where they look good. Devontae Parker, I wrote, yet to finish inside the top 20, 40. But, like, you know, you can maybe see Parker in the future being start-worthy if Bill O'Brien figures things out, right? But for Juju Smith-Schuster, I just wrote, this guy sucks, Lamau. All you need to know, right? You don't need any numbers. Watch the game. If you saw any of the games, you'd know that he's just, just not it. And what a fall from grace that guy's had, right? When he was on the Steelers, it was like, holy shit, this guy's the second coming of... Antonio Brown, this guy's like the heir to the Iron Throne. He's this, he's that, and uh, just hasn't panned out for him. Brandon Cook, seven targets in week three, but the Cowboys offense scares me against the Patriots. And Michael Thomas had a solid week three, but again, Cooks is still a number two receiver, and the matchup is rock solid. Next up, we move to the Arizona Cardinals at the 49ers. Now, Hollywood Brown has been playing well. Last two games, top 24 receiver in both games. But I feel like this is the comeback down to earth game, right? 49ers defense, not the Cowboys defense. The 49ers defense is going to have Josh Dobbs seeing ghosts like he is the guy on the other side of the ball. 49ers backup, Sam Darnold. So again, Hollywood Brown might actually be an interesting start going forward, but this week against the 49ers, you would be loco. You would be crazy to play Hollywood Brown. Rondell Moore, we actually saw him getting some more carries recently. Super interesting. Maybe, oh my God, it's discount Debo Samuel. And he even finished as a top 24 receiver last week, but uh, don't see that happening against San Francisco. And then Michael Wilson could be an interesting prospect for the future years to come. Right? But right now, fuck no, baby. You're not starting him. Debo, back-to-back uh, -back top 12 performances, one touchdown in both games. You're starting him up against a not-so-hot Cardinals defense. Brandon Ayuk returned to practice on Monday after his shoulder injury that knocked him out of that game up against the Giants. He didn't play in that game on Thursday night football last week. If he plays, you're obviously starting him right. Debo, Ayuk, you don't need some fucking rocket scientistic degree. Maybe I need a fucking English degree because that definitely didn't make sense, but you're starting both of them. Again, I'm not trying to sit here and... Talk too long about guys that are obvious. I said it in the running back video. Talk about McCaffrey for four seconds. You're obviously starting him. Juwan Jennings, another one of those guys that's going to magically appear as like a top 12 receiver one of these weeks. But you're never going to predict it. And last week, some complete and utter random, I believe his name was Ronnie Bell, scored a touchdown for the 49ers, the first touchdown. Next up, we got Sunday night football, but you didn't wait all day for this Sunday night matchup. You can go to fuck to sleep. Hey, catch up on your shut eye, pal. Chiefs. Dumbo Jets in MetLife. Garrett Wilson's a bottom-of-the-barrel start, and it sucks. It sucks, but Zach Wilson's awful. They signed Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon's even worse. Just trade for someone, please. Trade for Heineke. Now you ruined your spot to trade for Winston. Maybe Kirk O'Chains loses to the Panthers, and you could trade for Kirk Cousins. Please do something, because Garrett Wilson's talent is being wasted away. Wasted on you. Like that Morgan Wallen song. Bottom-of-the-barrel start. Still a great receiver, though. But again... Zach Wilson just sucks so bad, it's hard to see him finishing as a top 12 receiver. And this Chiefs defense is really uh, coming into form now. Alan Lazard, he's probably pissed. He's like, oh, I, 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 I came to uh, New York to be with Rodgers. And then they see the Packers having all this fun. Virtually impossible to start any of these Jets without Rodgers. If Randall Cobb, he low-key could have won the game last week at the end. But didn't. He didn't. Um, so... The craziest part is that I have Randall Cobb on the screen, not McCole Hardman, because that's how invisible McCole Hardman has been. 
the Chiefs, you're never going to know when to start them. It seems like every week the Chiefs have a different number one receiver. Last year, or last week, it was like Rashi Rice. The week before, it was Sky Moore. Kadarius Tony had stone hands in week one, but he was getting hella targets. Outside of Kelsey, you never know which Chiefs receiver to start. And the Jets defense is still good. So sit Sky Moore, Rashi Rice, and Kadarius Tony. Final game here Monday Night Football, Seahawks at Giants. Everyone just loves a New York doubleheader. That was really fun in week one when that happened, right? Real fun, right? Giants Sunday night, Jets Monday night. So fun, so fun. And we get to see it again. Get to see it again. Amazing, amazing scheduling, NFL. Everyone wants this. Seahawks versus the Giants. Now, Seahawks defense has been banged up. Uh, Blitz boy, Jamal Adams has missed some time, but I believe he's going to be coming back. So, Seahawks defense should be a little bit better again, even if the Seahawks defense is just mid. Like, Ryan Dable and Daniel Jones haven't proven anything outside of a comeback win against the Cardinals to where you'd want to start Hodgins, Slayton, or Jalen Hyatt. Like, I don't even know who the number one receiver is there. It's different every week. They still have Perry Campbell. They've got Matt Breida. Saquon might play, Nick. He's not playing. Don't kid yourself. And they have Darren Waller as well. So just sit these receivers down. For the Seahawks, you already know, start DK Metcalf. Great matchup uh, and weekly must-start type of guy. Metcalf has been more consistent than Lockett, but Lockett's boom ability, especially up against the Giants defense, could lead him to legitimately be a top three or maybe even the number one receiver on the week. So start Metcalf and Lockett. JSN hasn't done anything. Maybe they're just waiting, you know, easing him in, just the tip technique, and then at the end of the season, he'll be a league winner. But right now, you can't start JSN. Again, sit Hodgins, Slayton, and Hyatt. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't enjoy today's video, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below as well as hit that like button. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. If you want to check out my rankings and get an answer to any question you may have on Patreon, check out the link in the video description for $7.50. Love you guys all so much. Hope you have a great guys day. And as always, good boy! Check out one of the videos on your screen too if you haven't seen them. Bye!